Welcome to Warunga SDA. Hope you enjoy this program this morning. It's another good one. It's on the law of God. I don't know what happened to the law. You could almost say it was lost. But it never was lost from the Bible. And I know that as you listen to this program, as you check your own Bible out and see the truth of what we're saying, that you'll be challenged, you'll be brought closer to Jesus, and the law will mean something very different and something very special to you. God bless. Enjoy the program. I've entitled this presentation, Set in Stone. Now there is a reason that I've entitled this presentation and I hope as we unpack this study that you'll get a feel for for why we've titled the sermon Set in Stone. A lot of people say to me as I speak to them about the law of God, why on earth would God have a law? Well, if you have your Bibles, right at the beginning of this study this morning, I want you to look at Romans chapter 3, verse 20. The Bible says, and I'm reading from the contemporary English version, God doesn't accept people simply because they obey the law. No, indeed, all the law does is to point out our what? If there is no law... I can go as fast on the freeway as I like. If there is a law, then I must obey that speed limit or there is a penalty. The law of God that he gives us is there, and hear this because this is going to apply to your life this morning. The law that God gives us does nothing more than point out to us what is right and what is wrong. That's what the Bible says. Well, I want to have a look just for a few moments at where this law comes from. You may not realise, but it's over 4,000 years old. That's an old law, isn't it? It's over 4,000 years old. The story, very quickly, Israel had been in captivity for hundreds of years in Egypt. God had freed the entire nation. Go and read the story in Exodus. It's a beautiful, it's a thrilling story. They had crossed miraculously the Red Sea and all three million of them, that's how many got out of slavery in Egypt, were camped beneath Mount Sinai. And God gathers the entire nation together And I want you to look just for a moment this morning as we get into this at what God does. Exodus chapter 19 verse 16. Here's the story. You've got the, you've got the scene. Three million slaves camped around the bottom of Mount Sinai waiting for God. This was a thrilling time in the history of humanity. God was about to talk to his people. And I praise God he's still talking to his people today. Exodus chapter 19 verse 16. Look at what the Bible says here. This is exciting. This is not a dry story. This is an exciting, this is a great story. One of the great stories in all the Bible. On the morning of the third day, There was thunder and lightning with a thick cloud over the mountain and a very loud trumpet blast. Everyone in the camp trembled. The king is coming to talk to his people. And when God comes to talk to his people, you've got raw power at work. What happens here in verse 17? Then Moses... He's the leader of the Israelites. He, then Moses led the people out of the camp to meet with God. How thrilling! And they stood 
at the front of the mountain. So you have three million people standing on their feet in front of the mountain before God waiting to hear his voice. This is some event in the history of humanity, let me tell you. The story doesn't end. Verse 18, Mount Sinai was covered with smoke. You can almost feel the power as you read this story in the Bible. Mount Sinai was covered with smoke because the Lord descended on it in fire. Whoa. This is some God we serve. The smoke billowed up from the mountain like a furnace. The whole mountain trembled violently. The presence of God. God was here. This is a great story. I really enjoy it. Bible says in Exodus chapter 20 verse 1 and 2, as all those people stood around the mountain, that God began to speak. And all three million of them heard his voice with their own ears. They saw the smoke. They saw the mountain tremble with their own eyes. And this is what God says. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. And then God gives them ten laws. Let's look at them very quickly. These are the ten laws that God gave humankind to live with each other and with him peacefully on this earth. You can search every holy book. You can go from one end of the world to the other. You will not find ten laws that better encapsulate what as human beings we should be than these ten laws. And I can tell you right now this morning that if you were to make a choice to make these laws a part of your life, then you would have a happy, successful life. Here they are. Law one. No other gods before the God of heaven. Law two. Don't bow down to idols. Interesting that over two-thirds of the world today and even much of Christianity still bow down to idols. This law is, is very much relevant for the 21st century. Law three, don't misuse God's name. I don't know about you. I've been serving God for almost 20 years now. I cringe when I hear people say, oh my, and then they use the name of my God. Oh my God. Or, oh and in profanity, in abuse and in swearing, they say, oh, oh, Jesus Christ. Have you ever wondered why it's the Christian God whose name is abused? It's a Christian God whose name is misused? It's worth thinking about. Remember the seventh day Sabbath. Again, a law that God gave 4,000 years ago, which has literally been just wiped off the face of the earth. And to this day, there aren't billions who remember this. There's probably only about 20, 25 million people in the world that still listen to God and what he says on this particular commandment. Honour your father and mother. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not lie. Do not covet. These are the laws, the ten laws that God gave to mankind. Now, it's interesting to me that after he spoke these laws, he did something very interesting. The Bible says when the Lord finished speaking to Moses on Mount Sinai, he gave him the two tablets of the testimony, that's these laws, 
the tablets of stone inscribed by the finger of God. What did he do with them? He could have used any sort of form of of paper or writing material that he wanted. But with his finger, he inscribed them into what? Into stone. I would have liked to have seen God writing those laws in stone. I guess it was the glory of his presence that burned itself into those stones as, and they were two stones that he wrote the law on. He set them in stone, telling you and me that these laws are what? They're eternal. Just because he gave them to the people on Mount Sinai 4,000 years ago doesn't mean they weren't there before. In fact, I want to tell you that God's law was here before the world was. It was here, God's law was here when the world was created. God's law has been here right through the history of our planet. God's law will be here when the planet ends and when we go to heaven and this planet ceases to exist. God's law will still be in relevance. It will still be working in the universe and in the lives of those who love him. Now this is where I want to bring this home. Satan hates God's law. In fact, I don't think that we even begin to get a feel of who Satan, the the arch enemy of God, we don't even get a feel of how much he hates God's law. And I don't know whether you feel it in your life because I feel it in mine. But Satan encourages people to do everything that is anti-God, which is anti-his law. And I look at the society we live in, where violence, now you tell me whether I'm wrong, but violence is glorified, am I right? You go to the movies, what do you see? Violence. You see immorality, lying in most, well not in most, but in many cases in the culture and the society we're living in, lying is just of an, it's something you do if it suits you. Murder. Everywhere I look in the world, I see people dying. And whether it's in a war or whether it's a a forced home entry or or it's a husband murdering his wife because something's gone wrong in the family situation, it's everywhere. Coveting, where where we're always longing for, for things that don't belong to us, that we haven't got enough money for. I want to tell you this morning that Satan is anti law. Now, now hear this, he will do everything he can. Everything he can to get you to be anti-law also. Did you know that? He wants you to be anti-law as well. And what amazes me is when we look at God's law, these simple ten rules, not only has Satan infiltrated into our society, into the media, into our culture, so the whole world we live in is is, is anti-law, and it is, But it seems to me that Satan also has infiltrated the Christian church. And and he has been able to get the Christian church, the wider Christian church, to reject these ten laws. And in fact, if you were to do a little more study on this and go and listen to some sermons that are being preached around the place, you'll find that there is this idea out there that these ten laws were given to Israel and Israel only. And what's more, these ten laws 
were rejected at the cross. Have you heard that? They were done away with. Now, I, I want to show you something. And I want you to stay with me because this becomes very important. I want to look for just a few moments at what God thinks about his law. And then I want to look at how that impacts you. Look at this, Romans 7:12. So then the law, this is these ten rules, is holy and the commandment is holy, righteous and good. First point, God says the law or the ten commandments are holy, they are righteous and they are good. Okay? Okay. Second point. God says, if you, if, this is New Testament, look at this and apply it to yourself right now. He says, if you love me, keep my... Second point is, if you love God, you will do his law. That makes sense. Third point, he who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who what? Loves me. God says, hey... If you love me, make no mistake, you will keep my commandments. Now, do the question this morning is, do you love God? Do you love God? Then you will what? Keep his commandments. Now, if that's legalism, bring it on, I'm a legalist. Because I believe that if you are in love with God, you want to keep his commandments. God gets even a little more sterner. This is New Testament, right before the book of Revelation, almost at the end of the Bible. This is New Testament, not Old Testament. 1 John chapter 2, verse 4, this is God speaking. He says, "He and this is tough, he who says, I know God, and does not keep God's commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. Now, God combats this concept that the Ten Commandments were done away with, that they don't matter anymore. He combats it very, I think, very strongly in the Bible. Have a look at Romans chapter 3, verse 31. Because the Bible says, Do we then nullify or do away with these Ten Commandments? Not at all. Rather, we what? We lift them up. Now, if you're a Christian and you love God, you're going to lift this law of God up. More than that, in Matthew chapter 5, verse 19, Jesus says, Whoever therefore breaks one of these commandments and teaches men to do so shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does and teaches them, he shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Now, here we go. There is a confrontation going on in the world right now. God says that the law is good, okay? Satan hates the law, okay? Do you understand that? Why is this confrontation that is going on between God on this side and Satan on this side, why is it over the law? I wish I could open this up like a class. Why is it over the law? Because of you. You are the one that this confrontation is really over. 
And how you respond to this, this beautiful law that God gave us determines who wins this confrontation. Now look at this, the Bible says, look at your own life, look at how the devil is attacking you. I know how he's attacking me. God says something very important in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. He says to you, he says to me, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Now, now that is Satan, and that is his attitude to you. He hates the law, and he hates you. You better get that in your head. He'll do everything he can to destroy you. And the way he destroys you is to lead you away from God. And as he leads you away from God, he wants to lead you away from God's law. If he can get the law to become obsolete in your life, he is, he is well and truly down the road to destroying you. The reason this world is coming to an end is because people are giving up on God's law. It no longer has an impact in their lives. It no longer guides and directs them. It's like the map that God has given us to have happy lives is being done away with, thrown out the door, trumpeted all over and seen as rubbish, as garbage. Now the Bible says you better be sober. You better be vigilant. Because the devil is after you. Now this might be news for some of you this morning. But you better recognise and you better get it straight in your life that you don't scare Satan. There is nothing about you, there is nothing about you that causes him to fear. He is more powerful than you. He is wiser than you. He is bigger than you. He is stronger than you. And when you come up head to head against Satan, get this right because it's what the Bible says and it's the truth. And I've got to tell you, it's what I experience in my own life. When you come up head to head against Satan, you are going to lose. Did you hear me? You cannot beat him except... Now, if you haven't been listening, you better come back on board now because this comes home strong. Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 5. God has just given his law to the children of Israel and look what he says. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. And then look at this. These commandments that I have given you today are to be upon your hearts. Look at this now. Mothers and fathers, look at this. Impress them on your children. Impress them on yourself. Talk about them with your children, with your family. When you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up, when the law of God is in your heart, When the law of God is in your soul, look, listen to this and hear what God is saying this morning through his word. When it's it's in your heart and it's in your soul and it's in your mind and it's in your very being, then that devil who comes to tempt you is going to have trouble because the Holy Spirit who gives you power to resist Satan will have a point of contact with you in your heart. And what is that point of contact? It's the law of God. If I am tempted to be an adulterer or a fornicator and there are families all over the place just being smashed by this evil, if I am 
a person who has problem with stealing. And I go into that DVD shop and I'm going to steal three or four CDs and a, a couple of DVDs and I go to put one in my pocket. Who do you think comes and talks to me? Who? The Holy Spirit. I have the law in my mind. I have it in my heart. It's in my soul. He says, Lloyd, stop. He's talking to me. He has a point of contact. Do you understand what I'm saying? This is not theology. This is a reality of taking Satan on and beating him in your life. And too many of us are losing when we go head to head against Satan. And you know why we lose? We're not bad people. We want to follow God. We're at church most Sabbaths. But we're losing simply because we don't have the law in our hearts. It's not in our mind. It's not in our being. It's not in our souls. Most of us, if we're honest, can't even, we can't even say the Ten Commandments. We can't even retell the Ten Commandments in order. Am I right? We don't want to go amen, do we? But you know what I'm saying. The law is not there to condemn you when you follow Christ and you're covered by his blood. It's there to help through the power of the Holy Spirit and the blood of Jesus. It's there to help save you. Amen. It is not our enemy. It is our friend. Amen. That is why God gave us the law. I want to share this text with you as I conclude. Psalm chapter 40 verse 8. I delight to do your will, O my God, and your law... Is within my heart. God has this law and he gave it to you. Look, he gave it to you because he loves you. No other reason. And, 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 and he wants us to keep it. It won't get you to heaven. What nonsense do we ever... Where do we ever find that? The law of God doesn't get you to heaven. What it does is it gives you a very good life on this earth. What it does is it's proof that you're on your way to heaven. Because the law of God tells us what... Jesus is like. And when I see the law of God, I've got to tell you, I don't see something that's going to kill me, that's going to condemn me. When I look at the law of God, I see Jesus. And guess what? This rough diamond, I guess, God would see me as, and it's how he sees you. With with all my weaknesses and failings, God loves me. And this rough diamond, I want to be like Jesus. And that's why I look at his law. That's why in my life, and I can stand up the front as a testimony to this, In my life, I have learnt the law. It is in my head. I can recount one to ten. Can you? I have studied the law. Have you? And my challenge to you is to go home, to learn this law. Let it be the conversation of your life. Let it go to work for you and help to save you because that's what Jesus designed it for and it's what he wants to do is to save you and I pray that that will be your experience with the law of God as it has been mine and my family's. May God bless you. Let's pray. Lord, there's a bit of theology in this subject but I hope today, God, as we leave this church that we've seen the practicalities of what you are trying to share with us through the word. Help us to be an obedient people who take the law seriously because we want to to be closer to you, we want to be more like you, and we want to have the joy and the peace that come from having this law in our lives and our heart. Bless each person here now, I pray, in your name. Amen. It's a good study, isn't it, this one on the law of God? The law of God is not your enemy, it's your friend and it can do so much for you if you will allow it into your heart, into your soul, into your life. 
I want to encourage you to open your Bible to Exodus chapter 20. Learn this law off by heart and just see what a difference it can make. If you'd like to get a copy of this DVD, you can do so by either emailing us, phoning us, or if you like, you can download it free from our website. God loves you. God bless. Have a great week. Yes, I love you.